Welcome to the Parent Coach Podcast, where family problems are simplified. I'm your host, Brant Noe. I'm a licensed clinical social worker that has specialized working with children and families throughout my career. The intent of this podcast is to help you simplify the challenges you're facing at home, build your self-awareness and insight, offer you advice, ideas, and teach you skills to develop healthy and effective relationships with your children so that you can have hope for their future and the confidence that you can deal with all the challenges that come with growing up. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be taking questions from some parents that send them in, and I hope if you have some questions, feel free to send them in. But today's question is, how can I help guide my child to deal with bullies? So now the interesting thing is, depending on the the age of your child and the gender of your child, there's often different responses. So if you've got a child who's, who's younger, part of this is learning what they're becoming aware of between kindergarten and second grade, they're really becoming aware of social hierarchies. And that's really challenging for kids because they're trying to figure out what their place is within, within their friendships. So, you know, the kids, they start s- separating out between who's going to be the athletes, who's going to be the artist, who's going to be the singer, who's going to be this and that. And, and as they're separating out, they're trying to figure out kind of their place and those things are getting established. So by the end of second grade, you kind of have what are the dominant hierarchies in a school. And so depending on how kids act right then, the issue is more around jockeying for position. And, and that's not all that bad. Uh, and generally kids can adapt to that pretty good, but they might need some parenting around that. Once you get past there, then kind of on from third to fifth grade, you're going to start having kids who will outwardly actually be mean for the sake of jockeying up the hierarchy. They don't know what to do. All they know is that they want to be seen as someone who's on that hierarchy. So some examples are when my kid was in fourth grade, uh, he got bullied quite a bit because he's a smaller kid. And that's when, you know, the, the sports kids kind of went off into the sports team and he wasn't necessarily athletic and, and he felt bad about it. He was getting pushed around by kids. And so my response to him then was very much teaching him how to be jovial with these kids and really not lose that part of his heart. Um, cause he's just a very compassionate kid and it hurts because he's smaller and they're going to pick on him. Now that he is in sixth grade, my response is very different. So he came home the other day, talked about, he was in PE and he had lost his shoe a couple weeks ago. And today he found his shoe in the toilet. And his assumption was that someone was picking on him, that a kid, and he, he thinks he knows who it is, but he actually made the statement of everybody treats me like trash. Now, that's a really big statement to make, but it really gives you a definition of this is how my child is feeling right now. So we validated that. Hey, I'm really sorry you feel that way. That's hard. But instead of giving him advice on how to be jovial and interact with kids, the approach was with him at this point was to start getting him to to see the gap between possible reality and the depth of his thinking. What we did is we had him process through like, okay, well, give me the evidence that shows you that someone threw your shoe in the the toilet on purpose to attack you. And he said, well, I know who did it. Okay, well, tell me how you know. And as he started to think about this process and he didn't have a direct answer. So then we asked him, okay, well, tell me some of the things that are happening at school that were someone that you know that people are treating you like trash. And he sat there for a second. It was pretty uncomfortable for him and and eventually says, well, they're not doing anything. 
what I did in that moment was I highlighted the gap between you have this possibility in your head that someone threw your shoe in uh, because they wanted to hurt you. And you took that all the way out to that everyone thinks you're trash. I'm like, so, but he said, he made a comment that his shoe had been in the toilet for, it seemed like a long time. And I, and then my wife asked, do you think that boy who you think threw it in could have thrown it in? And he said, no, it must've been one of the eighth graders. And then, so my response was, why do you think an eighth grader would throw your shoe in the toilet? And he sat there for a while and he, he's like, I really don't know. I said, it's probably because they thought it was funny. I mean, they're kind of being a little jerky about it, but that's kind of what eighth grade is at this moment. Eighth grade is kids are there. They can be kind of mean and it's not always directed at you. It's just how kind of eighth graders are. And so the next morning I, I was sitting there with him at breakfast and he had said something and I asked him a question. I'm like, when you're at school all day, do you ever say hi to people? And he said, yeah, all the time. And I said, okay, great. Do, do people say hi back to you? He said, yeah, all the time. He's like, most people say hi back to me. I said, if people are saying hi back to you and, and they're taking the time to stop and acknowledge you, the odds are that they don't think you're trash. So the reality of what's happening is that every day you go to school and most of the people you come across say, hey, Evan, how are you doing? But what you're thinking in your head is all of these people think I'm trash. That's a really big gap and a really big leap in terms of the way we're thinking, because at this age, that's what's happening is that kids are kind of going inside, um, trying to think about what is happening to them. And my wife had a great comment about this. She said, she said, son, most of the kids who are in your class are actually only worried about how other people view them. They're not actually thinking about you. Just like, do you think about other people? It's like, no. Do you worry about you all the time? Yes. Because it's a developmentally appropriate process for a kid to go through is to be kind of hyper-focused on who they are and, and what they're struggling with. But then they project that, those worries and those thoughts and, and those things onto other people. And the real reason why is because this is, again, we've talked about Erickson, is that in this stage of development, they're really going into like, what is their identity? Who are they? And, and this is where their peers are really important people to help them shape this understanding of who they are. Important in a good way or in a, in a bad way. Because they're trying to ask the question of who am I? Who am I in relation to all you? And the answer is who they are is a response from the people around them that gives them that sense of clarification or validation or even, even worse, negative feedback of who they think they are. And so this is a developmentally appropriate process. So our job as, as parents in this moment is really to help them sort out those, those negative thoughts because those negative thoughts are going to be there. There's nothing, I don't know if there is a way to, to keep those negative thoughts at bay, but this goes back to the fundamental premise of what we're trying to do here is how do you develop the type of relationship where your kids can come to you and tell you the things they need to tell you? So because my son was able to tell me that, we were able to help him sort through the negative thinking. And, to, and, and I, I had a boss one time and she said, you've got to learn to take in feedback, chew it up, spit out what's not yours and integrate what is. And that I think is really good advice. And I think this is the right age around junior high to start teaching them that process of sorting out what is true feedback from their friends and what's not true. Because what happens is most kids take all of the feedback 
they take it all in. And the thing that they spend most of the time focusing on is that mental image of that they're not good. And so any feedback they can get, and they're going to get feedback because not everyone's going to like my son. Not everyone is going to treat him kindly or laugh with him. And there are kids who are just going to be mean to him. And it's not even because they're mean. It's just because they're not going to get along. Not everyone likes everyone. And so, but if, if kids stay focused on that notion, what's going to happen is that they're going to stay focused on that. And they're going to, they're going to put a priority on that information that says, see, here's what the world is saying about me. This is what my peers are telling me that I'm trash. And then they're going to generalize that to everyone. And that's how you start this process of going downhill. So at that age, if you can start that early, that process of kind of sorting out what's true and what's not true and what's negative thinking and what's, what's illusionary or delusionary, then our kids, we can help our kids through that challenge, especially around junior high. Now, when you go down to younger kids, so if you, let's say you've got a daughter in third grade and she's trying to make her way in the world. What she's trying to do is figure out where she sits on that hierarchy. And for girls, it's very different than boys because girl hierarchies are very different. They're very relationally oriented versus where boys are very much task oriented. Boys want to be good at things. Girls want to be good with people. And so as they want to be good with people, whether or not they're successful or not, that's going to be the marker of, of how they're succeeding. So if they have lots of friends, then they're going to see, look at me, I'm so successful. And if they have no friends, then they're going to say, oh, I'm not very successful at this. But that's also not true because there are some girls out there. I always think of Rory Gilmore from Gilmore Girls, that she liked to sit and eat lunch by herself and read her books and, and allow herself to go off into the land of fantasy in the stories that she's reading. And that's an extreme of what I'm talking about. Um, but not every single girl wants and needs lots of friends. Some girls go out and they, they find lots of kids that they're, they're acquaintances with, and they have good connections with lots and lots of people, but they might not have a best friend. And so there is no answer to, there's not one answer in terms of this is how my kid should be. And if my kid's not this way, then something's wrong because children are learning who they are in the process and they can, they can be all sorts of different ways. The challenge is, is, is being able to, to help them articulate who it is they want to be and what it is they want. I was talking with a mom and, and she was telling about her daughter happens to be in third grade and, and the mom really wanted her daughter to have lots and lots of friends because that was, she wanted her daughter to be liked by a lot of people. And one day her daughter came to her and told her, Hey mom, I really actually just like being home. I, I like my family. I like being quiet. I, there's some kids at school. I've got some people at school that I, I hang out with, but I'm, I'm kind of good with my life. And, and that was a neat thing to watch her work out with her daughter because it became a different understanding. And so then instead of worrying about her having friends, it started investing that time and energy into developing her daughter in other ways that, that might not necessarily show up at this moment, especially in third grade as, as a, a strong skill set. I mean, you can watch TV shows. If you ever watch those like baking shows or music shows, you take these kids with this um, amazing talent and those kids don't always have strong friendship groups because they're investing their time and energy in being good at this thing, whether it's baking or um, singing or dancing or karate. Some kids do amazing things, but it really is about where they want to invest their attention 
their intention and attention. And part of our job is to help them learn how to harness that power and put it in the right places. Because regardless of the friendships, what we want them to do at the end of the day is to have the self-esteem or the sense of self that can stand up to someone coming to them and saying something negative. And so one of the things my son would do when someone would say, oh, Evan, you're short, he might say something funny like, at least I'm not ugly. Giving him these little comebacks to say, to kind of diffuse the situation, to learn how to take a joke or how to take someone being mean and allow it to roll off his back. And the only way that I can teach him to do that is to be strong enough and confident enough in himself that that person's words don't hit his little heart. Don't kind of undermine that structure that is holding him up. And that's, I think, is the hardest part of parenting. But as they invest in themselves, in whatever way your child wants to invest in themselves, and they develop that esteem, that sense of that positive sense of self, that there is something good about them, that's really going to be the marker that's going to allow them to weather the storm of negativity. Because there's nothing we can do, unfortunately, to stop bullies. There is nothing we can do to keep kids from saying mean things or doing mean things to our children. That is part of life. And that part of life actually extends into adulthood. I have some people in mind when I say that where there are adults who have this tendency to try to overpower other people because that's the way they learned to, to manage their way through life. And it is not an effective way to do it. And so the task isn't to keep our kids away from bullies. The task becomes, how do we build our kids into the type of people who can withstand the criticism, who can withstand the negativity, and not just withstand it, if you might get this reference, it's a good reference, to be like Neo from The Matrix and actually realize that those words don't actually exist. But that's a process. We can't just tell our kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, words really do hurt. If they don't have the, the mental thought process and the system set up to actually process words so that they don't hurt. Uh, because I have seen a lot of little kids over my years crushed by the words that people tell them. And so we're going to, and because it, it's not just, bullies aren't just physically aggressive. Bullies can be emotionally aggressive. Um, they say the meanest things. Uh, I think actually with little girls, it's probably more true that they say even meaner things sometimes than boys do uh, because boys are more task oriented, like you're no good at baseball versus girls who talk about relationships and might say things like you're fat. They're just really mean things that hit differently. So it's how do we build our children to be the type of people who, when someone comes at them with negativity and comes at them with as a bully, how do we teach our children not only to withstand the onslaught, but to actually allow those words to roll off their back to realize that that's not about them. That's just a projection of the other person. And that takes a lot of conversation. And so my tip for the day is that in order to do that, the first step you have to do is you have to start to understand how does your child, what way can your child start to build esteem or a sense of self that they have something to offer this world beyond relationships. So if it's soccer, baking, singing, dancing, mechanics, even being a good friend, humor, uh, there's so many different ways for kids to build their sense of self 
outside of the friendship. So that way, when they get to this moment and this developmental stage in junior high, and they're trying to develop that sense of self, that answer that question of who am I? At the end of the day, we want them to ask that question. We want them to struggle with that question, but we want them to be able to actually work through the answer of that question. But that question is hard to answer if they get stuck in the belief that they are less than. And that's really what bullies do the most damage is that they make kids feel like they're less than. So I hope this is helpful. Please let me know if you have any questions in the future. I would be glad to answer them on the podcast. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you realize that even thinking how your relationship with your child could be better is an important step in the process. If you'd like more information on building a strong relationship with your child, go to theparentingcoach.com to learn more. Please subscribe to the podcast or visit Brant the Parenting Coach on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.